party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I'm joined by Gian Shim for a game of the Snow Queen. Inspired by the Hans Christian Andersen story of the same name, the Snow Queen depicts the conflict between the Snow Queen, Monarch of the Wood, Warden of the Wood, and the village girl that stumbled through the mirror on opposing sides of a mystical, magical conflict and present the players with the ultimate choice of mercy at the very end of the game. It is amazing and cool and evocative and uses gameplay mechanics in a really bold and interesting way. This game is astounding and breathtaking, and I cannot wait for you to check it out. Gion is running a crowdfunding campaign for the Snow Queen uh, starting February 14th. You can sign up for the campaign right now. The campaign is being run off of Kickstarter. Gion is one of a number of creators taking, frankly, the bold and inspiring step to move away from Kickstarter in the wake of their disastrous blockchain announcement. And so the more support that the campaign the game receives now, before the campaign launches, during the campaign, uh, will help the game grow and achieve its goals. And this is a really pivotal and interesting time for independent role-playing game design. And I'm really excited and honored to support projects such as this that are really taking the, the steps that need to be taken to build a better path forward in the wake of yet another technology platform failing us. Also, the game fucking rips, just in case that was unclear. So go sign up for the pre-campaign email list. Back the game when uh, the campaign is live. Go get yourself a kick-ass game. This game is amazing and incredible. You can find more information about The Snow Queen in the show notes. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. All right, and then I will go ahead and count us down from three, and then we will kick things off in three, two... Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Gian Shim. Gian, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. I have wanted to play a game with you for so long, and it's finally happening. I know. I'm so, I'm, I, I'm very, very excited. I know that we've been talking about this for a while, and like, I'm real, I'm, I'm happy that it has shaken out the way that it has, because the game that we are playing this week is one that I am, like desperately excited for like really truly like i am beyond excited to be playing this uh but speaking of the game that we are playing this week why don't you take a moment and let us uh let our lovely listeners at home know about what we're playing this week as well as anything else that you've got going on that you want them to know about yeah absolutely uh for anyone who hasn't met me or doesn't know my work my name is Gian shim i am uh, an outdoor educator turned game designer i used to teach children wilderness survival skills and land connection. And now I make non-digital role-playing games, I think is the largest umbrella I can put my work under. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I am about to sit down to play a two-player game I've designed called The Snow Queen. You might recognize the title from the Hans Christian Andersen story, which is very, very loosely the game's inspiration. It's an upcoming two-player fantasy game that uses chess as its mechanical engine. And both of you, as players and characters, have one goal, which is to take as many of your opponent's pieces as you can to ensure that your world stays whole, no matter the cost to theirs. At the point that you're listening to this, I believe the crowdfunding campaign will have just kicked off. So I hope I see you there. I think it's going to be really exciting. I do too. I'm really, really excited. I, I, you've been talking. We've been talking about this game for a while, and I've been hearing you talk about it for a while. And like, it just sounds amazing and cool. And I cannot wait to dive in. 
so why don't we do exactly that? I know that we've got some initial uh, world building to do, and then we are going to to play through our a vicious combat-filled chess game, and uh, I could not be more excited. <laughs> I know. I think this is the first game I've designed where the characters aren't cooperative. I love it. I I love it. I am all about it. Um, so we have two players. We have discussed beforehand. I am going to be playing the the queen, and you are going to be playing the the uh, the village girl. Yes, that's right. Uh, and so we each have a few a few decisions to make, and a few. Uh, a few uh, character decisions to make that relate to our chess pieces. I think that the best way for us to do that is to start. uh, I'll throw it to you and and see if you have thoughts on this, but I think the best way to start with this is literally we each pick a chess piece and we just go down the line and go back and forth so that we, we define our Kings and then we define our bishops and we define our Knights. And then we go from there. Perfect. Uh, Let's start by defining ourselves. Would you like me to go first or would you like to? Yes, please. Absolutely. All right. So, For the village girl, when you're creating your character in a rapid play version of the game, which is what we're doing now, read the following aloud. I was born in the house I live in like my mother before me and her mother before her. I have a large loving family and we all work together to maintain the beauty and coziness of our shared home. There is a list of six names. Pick one of the names from the list below or roll a six-sided die to choose it. Then say I blank and the girl who lives in the village as my mother and her mother before me to introduce your characters. So let me look at this list of names. I've got Jana, Catalin, Abby, Cynthia, Inga, Beetle, or something else of my own choosing. I'm going to go with Cynthia. I, Cynthia, am a girl who lives in the village as my mother and her mother before me. So that's the village girl. Jeff, do you want to do the same thing for the queen? Yes, absolutely. I was crowned the queen of winter so long ago that my memory does not span back to my own coronation. My rule is not as a sovereign, but a steward. I guard the heart of winter and ensure that all within my realm thrive. Pick one of the names uh, below uh, and then say, I am the queen of the realm, steward in the heart of winter. My names are Jadis, Corinthia, Aliana, Svelanka, Yanth, Beatrix, or something else of your own choosing. I love Beatrix. I think it's a, it's a, it's just a wonderful, evocative name. So I will write it right at the top. Fantastic. I, Beatrix, and the queen of my realm, steward of the heart of winter. I already am getting like chills. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Me too. All right. Let's go to the board prompts. Let's do it. So so we are going to – we have a few questions for each of our pieces, our king, bishops, knights, and rooks, and we're going to just kind of run through them, name them real quickly. We'll, we'll, we'll go piece by piece. We'll start with our king, and we'll go, we'll go back and forth and just very quickly kind of define each of our pieces, and that'll help us flesh out the world and the characters that are in play. That's right. Now, this is where the influence of the fairy tale maybe shows through in the most clear, direct line. The king Mm -hmm. is always, for both pieces, the same character, but what he means to you is different. So for the village girl... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So for the village girl, who is Kai to you? Kai is a boy, now a young man. The village girl is also, at this point, a young woman. Uh, And each character is asked that question, but they have two different choices. For the village girl, it's who is Kai to you, betrothed or brother? I'm going to choose betrothed. And 
for each choice, there is a one sentence question, which is if you chose betrothed, when was the moment that you knew Kai was the person you wanted to grow old with? I think it was when the rabbits that my family was raising as companions, but also livestock had a litter where one of the pups was very sickly. When you raise animals for livestock, you have to be very pragmatic, but Kai did not want to be pragmatic. And day by day for months, he bottle fed that pup until it was the healthiest of its entire litter. And that's when I realized that my love for Kai was something beyond the childhood friendship that we had shared up until that point. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, So who is Kai to you? Choose surrogate child or consort. I had kind of already made my choice and your choice made this extremely interesting for me because I am choosing consort. Hell yeah. Uh, If you chose consort, where did where, where did Kai first stumble through the mirror and why did you feel instantly drawn to him? He stumbled through the mirror in my in my in my palace in the wood where i where i where i i i i oversee the the business of the wood uh and he stole something from me he stole something ancient and powerful he stole an object of great power and i was instantly drawn to him because i caught him and i confronted him and he doubled down in a lie and i found that instantly attractive there is a there is a there is a confidence to that and a danger to that and simply a brazenness to that that i was instantly attracted to oh i love that i just want to comment very quickly i love that we're drawn to like almost oppositional characteristics yeah. of the same person yeah so good so good so each of the pieces on the board that are not pawns corresponds to a character that you can choose that uh, is represented by them. For the village girl, the bishops are two of my confidants. Choose from the following list. The baker's daughter, a fellow trades apprentice, or a sibling. I'm going to choose a fellow trades apprentice and the baker's daughter. So the naming conventions for the characters that the queen chooses or the village girl chooses, and the reason I'm saying this out loud is just because listeners aren't going to be looking at the doc. Sure. Are mirrored. So for the village girl, whenever you name a character, it's three to four letters with the vowels on the outside. And for the queen, it's flipped. It's the vowels are on the inside. So I'm going to say that the baker's daughter's name is, oh, sorry, I got that mixed up. It's uh, vowels are on the outside for for the Snow Queen and for the Village Girl layer on the inside. It's the opposite of what it actually says in the doc, Jeff, just so you know. <laughs> got Sorry. it, got it, got it, got uh, it. Yeah. So uh, for my first confidant, the baker's daughter, I'm going to say her name is Nod. Her look is brash and plump. And our bond is that she is my best friend. Love it. I am choosing, uh, so my first my first, uh, I, I am choosing my bishops are my advisors, and my first advisor is uh, is an augur. Uh, their name is Anka, and Anka is, I th- these these two together just sing to me. Uh, Anka is determined and certain, and we are we are we are bonded by prophecy. <sighs> Love it. All right, so my second confidant is a fellow trades apprentice. 
I'm going to say that her name is Vale. Her look is deft and delicate. And our bond is that we are both to inherit our mentor's trade. And I think that that trade is the weaver. I think we are both apprenticed to the weaver. And my second advisor is Ava, the druid. Ava is sturdy and animus. And our bond is our bond is by garden. I I I I I get big I get a big picture. I I yeah, our bond is by is by the garden. Ava the Ava tends to the wood that I sort of steward over. Perfect. Now for listeners, each of these pieces or characters corresponds to one of two of the same kind of piece. What that means Mm -hmm. is as that piece is taken on the board, you get to choose who is sacrificed in that Mm. moment or who falls in that moment. It's not, it would be impossible, I think, to kind of keep track of which bishop is which character, which means it's on you to make the hard choice of who, who goes down because there's a possibility that one, one is taken, not both of them will be taken, that one will survive. So that is uh, my horrible horrible choice that i've designed love it i love it i i I love it (laughs) all right for the knights in the village girl the knights represent two friends in arms choose from the following list i am going to choose a hunter his name is tuve his look is tall and stoic our bond is that i healed him uh, he was injured. Love it. Yeah, he was badly injured, and I was the one who tended to him. So my first, my knights are two champions, and my first champion is my personal cavalier. Uh, his name is Uko. Uko is jocular and quicksilver, and our bond is that he saved my life once. Um, there was quite simple, like I, there was a cave in, like a part of the 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 wood collapsed, and he was fast enough to sort of pull me out of a of a pit. Of like a pitfall or a rock slide and like pulled me to safety. I love that. All right. My second knight and second friend in arms. I'm going to say the young soldier. And their name is Len. Their look is clumsy and scarred. And our bond is that is anchor. I am the one who gives them the confidence and encouragement to help them feel as though they're not trapped in their role to the village. I love it. Uh, and so my, my second guardian is, or my second champion is the captain of my personal guard. His name is Urga. Urga is sharp and scarred. And our bond is I took him under my wing and trained him as, as the captain of my guard from childhood. Uh, the, I, I, I think Tying in a few characters lore together, the certainty with which uh the certainty with which uh Anka has brought me this uh this 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 uh omen or this vision that that they had had led me to like train a captain from from childhood to say like you will you will be the defender of this wood because there will come a time where it needs to be defended. Oh my god. I love that you're entwining your two champions Mm -hmm. oh that's so cool that's so cool i love that so the rooks for the village girl are two guardians choose from the following list i'm going to choose my father and my last surviving grandparent who i'm going to say is my grandfather let's start with my father his name is his name is royal r-o-i-l 
his look is gentle and looming. Our bond is that I'm going to choose foil. Uh, oh, I didn't mean for it to rhyme, but here I go. <laughs> uh, Royal is is someone who's very sure of himself, and so am I. We're both a little bit stubborn. Mm. We're both uh, very, very certain of our opinion once it's formed. And yet, even though he could be someone in the village who's very domineering, I think his stature, like physically, is very large. He always makes sure to like crouch down when a child is talking to him, and he's never been pushy with that physique it's his intellect and his ideas that he tends to be a little bit too sure-footed about and I've definitely inherited that and what I've learned is that when I find myself bristling against him as I did in my adolescence which is not that far Mm -hmm. behind me at all that is a good sign that I need to take a step back and so while it wasn't a direct lesson he's taught me how to be more considerate of others in the way that I I love that yeah yeah so my rooks are guardians, and the first guardian is Amna. Uh, she, he pronouns Amna is, uh, he is the steward of my palace grounds. Uh, she is ethereal and reappearing. Uh, she is in all places in the palace grounds at once. When 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 he is when he is needed or when he has need of someone, she merely like is there. She is she 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 is where she is where he is needed and our bond is that uh our bond is one of summoning in some ways he is the palace grounds and he was he was he was summoned he was summoned to exist in this space and to to inhabit it and to embody it and therefore like this this entire ground is an extension of his of his being when you said he is the palace grounds I sat up straighter <laughs> That's, That's what I'm going for. Good. That's so good. All right. My last surviving grandparent, my grandfather, his name is Peer. His look is frail and mischievous. Our bond is that we are both the story keepers of our family. I think that my grandfather has at times an irritatingly sharp memory. His body might have been failing him in the ways that the aged often find their bodies failing them, mm-hmm. but his mind has not dulled at all. And so he is able to tell stories with the same spirit and charisma and magnetism that he's always had, even in my earliest memories. And I've inherited that gift from him, which means in a way that he is also someone mentoring me in it, because within those stories, there's always something that is needed for the village, whether it's the right time to harvest something or even simple morality tale. There's something that he feels strongly the village needs to know in all of his stories. And so I have learned not to tell stories aimlessly from him. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's so good. That's so freaking. uh, This is, this is, this is already good is the thing. (laughs) Like this is already, I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to keep going or else I'm just going to devolve into screaming about how much I'm enjoying this. Um <laughs> so my second uh my second guardian is the archivist of the forest, Enki. Enki is wooden and cloudy with clouds of fireflies that swirl around them and our bond is that they welcomed me into the wood. They they were they 
when 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 I came to Stewart, they were already here doing their work, and they are older than me, and maybe even older than the wood itself. Yes. 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 I'm. I'm <laughs> excited. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. All right. So the pawns are to each character eight people who are you know important to them, dear to them, but they are not within that inner inner circle the way that the bishops, knights, and rook representative characters have mm-hmm. been. So for the village girl, those are fellow villagers. Uh, and you choose. There's a list of a, a little more than eight, and you choose eight of them. All right. I'm about All right. To I'm about to go into it. full disclosure to listeners. I have not yet named these pawn characters, so come up with, I'm going to say let's come up with names as they move and or fall. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think that works. I've got my I've got my 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 character. I've got my pawns selected, and then I will introduce them as well as they as they rise and fall. I think that feels like the right perfect. Touch. So my eight villagers are the Weaver, Falconer. Tavern keeper, butcher, silversmith, midwife, farmer, and blacksmith. And my eight allies are the Bear King, the Sailor's Ghosts, the Winter Naiads, the Solstice Merchant, the Troll Prince, the Blessed Elk, the Eldest Eagle, and the Frost Giant. Fantastic. So we have created our cast of characters, so to speak. Yeah. In the Snow Queen, there's sort of two big setup steps. There's the cast of characters, and then there's the board itself. The way that you can choose to play that we will not be playing is if you wanted to turn this into a journaling game, a keepsake game, you could journal out every single square on those boards as almost a a story that you are creating in parallel with your co-player and then come into the game with your journals and use that as your anchoring point. We are going to instead be choosing the board prompts at random as things happen on them. So as we play the game, depending on what happens, if a piece falls, if we trigger some other moves, we will choose at random something from that board. Now, again, for the listeners, in a very Gion moment, I thought that I had 64 prompts, right? Because that's how many squares are on the board. But actually, since I'm writing two prompts for each of the two characters, I have 256 prompts to write. So probably even at this point in the future, when the crowdfunding starts, I will not be totally done with them. So to a certain mm-hmm. extent, Jeff, I think you and I should be prepared to maybe make something up on the spot. But somehow I don't think that's going to be hard for us. I think it'll be I think it'll be all right. I think we'll I think we'll make I do. think so. OK, great. So we have an online chess game that is set up. I have double checked to make sure that there is no time limit on it. But I believe that you and I talked about maybe timing the chess game so that it doesn't go on on for hours. Yes. I'm going to say, looking at the clock, I'm going to say, let's play a 45 minute Get like game of perfect. chess. So up until five o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be perfect. Great. And to let listeners know what's happening is we're just going to be playing quietly. And then once a piece falls, I will explain the moves kind of as they happen in an emergent way. But yeah. right now, since we are playing a more rapid version of the game, we are not going to be playing the version where every time you move a piece onto a score on the board, it like reveals what that piece is and you narrate it out. For the sake of time, we're only going to be triggering the moves that happens when a piece falls. Does that work for you? 
that sounds great. And then as a note for the listeners, uh, don't at me if this ends up be- being slightly shorter than the 45 minutes, because I might edit out some blocks of silence as we move pieces no around. No worries. Yeah. Oh, and- sometimes, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta be firm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and really quickly, since, uh, I think it's always good to note whatever safety guidelines or practices you're going to be using in a game at the top of the game. Mm-hmm. The only hard and fast rule I think that I like to follow is open door policy, which for people who aren't familiar with that phrase, what that means is the door is always open. If I have to like get up and use the bathroom, if someone gets a phone call, if something else happens, we can talk to each other and just say, Hey, I need 30 seconds to do X, Y, Z. And similarly, that creates the open dialogue so that if anything more complex than that happens, we are going to operate in good faith with each other and assume good faith with each other and talk to each other as friends, remembering that while the game is important, the players are always more important than the game. Does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, (laughs) here we go. Cheers. (laughs) Here we go. The timer has started. The game is underway. Here we go. All right, I have taken one of your pawns. All right. So choose among your allies which one was taken. Each of the pieces has two outcomes. And if all is well piece or outcome mm-hmm. and a if they fall outcome. For the uh, pawns, we're going to be making these up essentially. And then yeah. um, the other board move, which is important, is that the mirrored mechanic there for the actual geographic place is that you will Mm -hmm. describe like your nightmare, the vision of your realm that you're seeing in these dreams that we keep sharing. And all that means is choose one of the random like places in the board prompt stock within your realm and then describe how it has been turned on its head into the. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And then meanwhile, I will describe a place in the village where I just feel this surety that it will be okay there, that all is well. Got it. Got it. Um, So the location is frost flowers and swirling patterns leading savvy travelers to the solstice night market. Um, The the way that it has been twisted is uh, it is it is false paths and it is uh, cavernous drops and crevasses and winding roads that that take you on endless turns and until you till you die of thirst out in an endless path and the ally of mine that has fallen is i mean it feels like there's only one logical choice i had already selected one but i have to change my pick now that i've read the <laughs> the location that i landed upon is uh the solstice merchant is the solstice merchant the solstice merchant is fallen and thus uh, thus the changing of seasons has been replaced with endless, uh, sticky, humid, the kind of sticky, humid weather that withers plants and leaves things barren and empty. <sighs> Meanwhile, in the village, Cynthia remembers the flower stall at the daily market and its riot of blooms from spall, from spring to fall equinox within this dream that I am having. There is a sense of relief that settles in my heart as I know that that stall, no matter what happens, will have its blooms year to year to year, and that I will be able to pick among them for my wedding. Love it. Love it. All right. Also, oh, okay, perfect. You you preempted the thing I was going to say. Is it your turn 
It's it's your turn. It yeah. is it is my turn. You took a piece, okay. and so I am going to Oh, you moved your knight. Okay. I have taken another one of your pawns. So who fell this time? Man. Uh the place that I envision the lake where the herd of elk you blessed at the beginning of your reign gather at the autumn equinox. The bull now bears 40 points on his golden antlers. The 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 lake where they gather has has dried and is replaced with sticky, inky mud. And uh, the blessed elk, my my trusted ally, the blessed elk, the leader of the leader of the elk that congregate. Uh, with no equinox to gather the the elk scatter and with no with no with no uh congregation to to lead the blessed elk withers and fades into into uh fades into petrified tree his many points on his horns merely being the long withering branches of a of a of a desecrated tree holy shit told you i wasn't Fuck, playing yeah. <laughs> Oh my god meanwhile in the village <laughs> um the shepherd is a sturdy flock milling around their pasture in the southern bowl of the green foothills it's lambing season and there's been a burst of young far more lamb than usual but this was a good year with good rain and so the village knows that there is plenty of grain for them to eat and forage for them to graze on and we have so much bounty to look forward to in these young, energetic, playful animals. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, and immediately I am going to take this piece back from you. Oh. So which of your which of your allies has fallen? All right. Uh, which of the villagers has fallen? Let me look. The weaver. I think that the weaver that that my fellow apprentice Vale and I are apprenticed to, accidents happen. I think that the mm-hmm. loom catches her hand. And in spite of the midwife's best efforts as, you know, something of a catch-all medically within the village, in spite of the best efforts of, you know, the bone setter from the village that we call over, there is nothing that can be done. And she loses the, the use of her hands. Mm. So in spite of having all that wool that we will be harvesting two seasons from now, and in spite of my skill and Vale's skill, we're still green. We are not ready to bear the responsibility of clothing the entire village. And the weaver's expansive home, which is the place on the board there, starts to gather dust. And it starts to Mm. become the tense, unpleasant home of someone who has lost a future. It is your move. Oh, but you get to describe something that Oh, I just, you're right. I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Um, the thing that I will, uh, describe the Lycanthropes village with its, oh, I, 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 I love this because I imagine that, um, so this is the Lycanthropes village with its cozy house full of clean pine needles and down for your subjects to bed down for the night. Um, they are very much mirror images of each other, right? The weavers, the weavers cottage and the Lycanthropes, uh, uh, village, and the difference is that this is uh its restraints and its its protective measures are kept in place such that the lycanthropes that bed here can do so safely knowing that they will knowing that they will be 
uh, that they can elect to contain themselves and be protected if if they if they transform and are are afraid and if they do not then the open fields and the rolling hills will allow them to roam and feast and hunt to their heart's content and so those that are afraid will will have their fears put to bed and those that that embrace will run free and be and be full of joy and heart I love that so much. I love how you've left room for like a variance of reaction to their condition. Mm-hmm. I also love how instinctively we're like mirroring core aspects of each of yeah. the things that we choose. This is so, this is what a great person to play this game with. I'm so happy. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I'm <laughs> loving it. Uh, is it my move now? It is your All turn. Right. All right. I'm going to take advantage of one of the major differences and the rules between chess as chess versus the snow queen, which is that the queen pieces cannot be taken. They can take other pieces, mm. but no piece can take a queen, including another queen. So I have moved my I queen, which is the reason why I say so, because I moved it directly into the path of yours, but neither of us can do anything about each other. Uh, and I am going to, on my turn, immediately <sighs> take one of your pawns. Oh, all right. I'm also taking advantage of that rule in a much different way, which will become apparent in a turn or so. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I like all the villagers so much. I am going to say the Tavern Keeper. The Tavern Keeper is one of the few villagers who has to leave the village regularly, which is somewhat ironic given his profession, but it's in order to meet merchants at the markets of their choosing rather than making them journey out to our village in order to spare some sliver of a margin of the coin that he might have to otherwise spend. But the times have been lean and our village is lucky and other places have not been so lucky. On the day that the tavern keeper is due to return, his cart and donkey don't cross the stone wall that is at the very border. And the next day he doesn't return either. And the next day he doesn't return either. And eventually some people are sent out and we find his body where he's been murdered and all of his belongings have been taken. And the tavern is for lack of another solution at the moment, shut down one of our major gathering areas and and areas of community is just shuttered and gone. I love it. Um, That's beautiful. Um, And I think, the piece of my the piece of the snow queen's kingdom is fully leaning into the mirroring aspect um the piece of the snow queen's kingdom that thrives is the harvest it is the the cornucopia it is the the bountiful the bountiful fruit fields that that emerge in the center of the wood full of uh full of of fruit and and vegetable and flowing water and the the small animals that gather there come and they celebrate and they feast and the water flows like wine. The food is ever present. There are, there is, there is enough for everyone and it, it fills bellies and it fills spirits and everyone, everyone is happy. That's so good. And it's my turn, right? Yes. A rare defensive move. I'm going to move my king out of the way. Worth noting for listeners, another major rule that has changed is that there is no check or checkmate in the Snow Queen, which means your king could be taken and the game won't end. Mm-hmm. And for the record, my queen is uh, 
in chess terms, my queen is, I believe, in C2, I think. Yes. I'm directly adjacent to where the king would be. It's a, it, is a, it is a powerful place for the queen to be, albeit not in a game where the king cannot be taken. Yeah. All right, and I am moving my knight here. I have taken one of your pawns. A pawn that my ally that has fallen. The only sound that is heard on the river is the is the the only sound on the water that is heard is the bubbling of is the babbling of brook and the the actually I'm gonna say I'm gonna go further and say what it is is the is the the flowing winding river in the wood sits perfectly still and stagnant and the water becomes uh becomes brown and toxic and the the rocks on the shore erode and everything just becomes this mush as the sailors ghosts that that rode the water and filled it with not just the sound of babbling water but of song and shanty and story have all gone silent and and uh are in 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 one vicious moment all of the shipwrecks that claimed them and the the like the the violent ends that they faced are all enacted upon them and now there is only the there is only fetid mud-filled water that fills these rivers holy shit <laughs> <laughs> my father's wood shop it's packed earth floor always dry and clean under a drift of curled shavings from pine ash birch and maple he gets his wood from saplings that have to be felled by other villagers for whatever reason from trees that would otherwise spread sickness or even just from the seasonal necessities of a community of people who need to occasionally fell a tree for its wood. We coppice our trees, which is a method of pruning it in a way where it'll put off very straight, tall shoots that we can use for weaving, wall making, building, furniture. In the orchard of coppice trees, my father discovers that for some reason, many of them are thriving almost unseasonally. And after a little investigation, we find groundwater. There is a well there that can be dug, another source of replenishment and life for the village and everything that lives within it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, this is very good. Is the thing this is very, very good. And I am going to do a very interesting thing. I'm gonna put my bishop here. Huh. Which is going to which is going that to is which, which is <laughs> it's gonna fork it's gonna foreground what, what happens next in a very interesting oh. way. And it puts options on your plate that are also very interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm moving my knight I'm moving my knight in the way so the king doesn't get taken. Oh, I I didn't expect that move. This is It's a little heartless, right? But it's a little heartless. <laughs> I am going to I'm going to take that knight. <sighs> I mean, how how could you not, right? How could I not? I needed to. Uh so which of your which of your companions fall? <sighs> what a horrible question. Which of your which of your champions has fallen? <laughs> um of my two friends in arms. Oh, man. I think the young soldier Len is called to battle. I think the king of the realm in which the village resides. News travels a little more slowly to us, but 
the sound of the Royal Guard could be heard from a mile away. And we knew that that meant that those that had been drafted within our village were being called to arms. There aren't that many, but Len is childless. He has no family, which means he is not providing for anyone. And so soldiering was one of the few ways in which he felt he could materially provide for our community so that someone else was not drafted in his stead, someone who did have a family or did have people who depended on him. And this is the thing that I have been trying to tell Len over and over, that people love him and they want him here, but there is something in him that just doesn't believe when people tell him that he's loved. And now that is coming home to claim him. And we never see Len again. Mm. God, that is beautiful. Yeah. The gate, the the geographic area where he where he is taken, that is the gate at the second edge of the village. And that is the last place anyone ever sees him. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, and I think the the place that thrives uh, for the Snow Queen is the the field of red flowers. It is it is long and it is flowing and it is vibrant with plant life and it is it is this flowing field that is just positively beautiful and lush and and glowing in a way that is that is that is breathtaking to to behold and uh the red flowers have not bloomed here in generations right and this is the first time that these flowers are seen and so it, it changes from this sort of like a uh, brownish green to this like lustrous deep like many hued many shaded red that can be seen from from any direction god terrible beautiful amazing <laughs> um oh shit is it my turn it is your turn I'm sorry, and I'm not sorry. I'm taking your king. I'm so excited. So what happens when you take my so, king? So, when the king is taken, uh, if player, if listeners recall, he's represented, or he is representative of Kai, and what Kai means to each of those two characters. Your future with Kai as your consort has been taken from you. And you know it's been taken by me. Within this dreamscape, mm-hmm. you have a vision of the thing that goes well for me that means you cannot possibly have a future with Kai. What is it? The thing that he stole from me, he sold it without a second thought. And it was, I'm going to go so far as to say it was, it was a piece of the heart of the wood itself. (gasps) It was a thing that, that, like, I think a lot of this, a lot of what is unfolding here, a lot of this battle was that this thing was stolen from me and that I want it back. And now that I know that I can never have it back means that I can never truly like, I can never truly let him into my heart and never truly like accept him. Oh, sorry. I gasped when you said that and you can edit it out. That was totally No, no, no. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it. In. That's, that's staying, that's staying in. That is fully staying wood, in. I was like, Oh no, Kai, what did you do? Yep, I'm keeping that in. Oh, God. And this triggers a, a secondary mechanic, which is that now my king, which is still on the board, like my queen, cannot be taken. However, that king piece can no longer take any other piece as well. 
Oh, that that's cool. So it's protected, but it's also sort of a, a burden that that is just there. Um, and now for my mirrored scene, I'm going to say that within this dreamscape, I have a vision of my wedding, my wedding to Kai. Mm. It's been a hard year for the village. We've lost people we didn't think we were going to lose. And the state of the kingdom as a whole is uncertain outside of the scope of which things are always uncertain. We never know how many lambs are going to be born. We never know how good the harvest is going to be exactly. But this goes beyond that. But the wedding, the wedding, my wedding is beautiful and I'm beautiful. And I think that there is something resonant about beauty in times of deep loss that makes it shine in a way that just isn't noticed the same. There's nothing that's more about it. It's just that people notice it more keenly. And Mm -hmm. the green cloaks that have symbolized our unwed adulthood are now replaced with the, the deep, rich, brown cloaks that within our village represent the responsibilities of adulthood within family. Brown is the color of the earth, of fertile soil, of the trees around us that bear the food that we eat, of the hooves of the animals that bear us on their backs. And we are a part of that community now in a way that we never have been. And when Kai takes me in his arms as his wife for the first time, and we share our kiss that is the oath in front of the whole village of everyone we have ever known and loved and who's known and loved us, there is a feeling I get that somehow we have become a pillar between the grief of whatever is to come and this community that we love. And that is cemented for me when Kai slips the wedding ring, a band that he has carved himself out of a wood that I don't recognize. It's not the maple or ash or birch or pine that I see in my father's shop at all. It is a deep, deep, deep black. There's no tree in the village that grows that has wood that color. And that is the symbol of our union. Wow. 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 Kai, how could you? How could you? Wow. Well, this is this has changed. So I'm going to talk for a quick second about chess strategy <laughs> uh, and how it's going to impact the narrative from this moment forward, because now I am playing specifically to just cause as much harm as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cause problems on purpose. <laughs> I'm causing problems on purpose, and I'm immediately taking this knight oh! with my queen that can that cannot be taken, <sighs> uh, which means that I am now in the space directly next to the rook, which has two pawns next to it, which means there is nowhere for this rook to go Oh, man. and cannot take the queen and i've taken your second your second uh your second knight which is your second champion (sighs) that is the hunter that's one of the hunters of the village the day after kai and i are wed tuve who is known to be one of the best hunters that the village has ever seen we hear the screaming before we see him and what we see of him is the trail of blood and viscera that he has left behind him as he is scooped onto a stretcher and taken to the midwife's house. Mm. And he didn't have a chance. The boars in the mountains have been coming down lower and lower this year because 
they haven't been finding as much to forage up in the peaks and valleys that they normally occupy. And he startled a clutch of young and the mother was just on him. That's what his companion says anyway. And, and we bury him the next day. Those mountains where the boars live are vast and imposing. And every day the silhouette of them strikes higher and more ferocious on the, on the horizon and in the sky. And those mountains are jagged and rocky and glorious and snow-capped and terrifying and deadly and they rise triumphant they are they are unconquerable <laughs> oh i love that word i love that word you just used that's perfect i'm pretty hype oh that's good um i am taking your first night which of your champions has fallen which of my champions has fallen? My champions are Anka the Augur and Dru and, and Ava the Druid. I think Anka oh, no. is felled by an archer's arrow and drowns in their own blood and sees the archer approaching, sees the hunter approaching, does nothing, looks looks in every direction, finally catches eyes with the Snow Queen powerless to stop this and merely utters it's now as the arrow flies and for all that i have mocked them about this and told them that we would be ready they were proven right in the final moments holy shit and around them sure enough the field around them the the opening in the wood the 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 grassy patch the open airy spot surrounded by thick and heavy trees those trees' leaves grow, fall to ash, and the trees themselves turn half-liquefied and rot from the inside out, and the, the grass dies, and it is, merely, it is merely dirt, and dirt and moldy, mushy tree, and there is ash in the air and smoke in the air as Augur, as, as Anka, my Augur, falls, as they have prophesied from the days that I was young. Oh my god. <sighs> There's a wetland, a, a low grassy marsh that is technically outside of the bounds of the village, but that's where we go to do foraging in the summer. I think there's a, a warm weather berry that loosens all its fruit and they float on top of the water and it's easy to gather them. And there's also the migratory birds will fly in and out and so we can take enough, you know, what we need. On the morning of Tuve's funeral, the sky, when the sun rises, it is a deep, unimaginable red. This glorious, incarnadine red. And as it climbs higher and higher in the sky, something starts blooming out of the water in the wetland. And it is a small flower. My grandfather becomes agitated, happy. It's something that he calls a red maid, a tiny star-shaped little flower that is the harbinger of an ecosystem changing. It means that the wetland, something is happening in the silt underneath. And sure enough, within the days and weeks that follow, more and more birds gather to forage on those flowers, to eat the seeds as they go to seed very quickly. And suddenly there is 
a vibrance and variety of life in that marsh that we have never seen before. My grandfather says it only happens once in a lifetime and that he thought that he was going to die before he saw it. And now he and I, when he has the strength, will go out there often to watch the birds. Incredible. Beautiful. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and, and no sooner does that happen than <laughs> I am taking this bishop with my own. <sighs> All right. So of my bishops. So my bishops are my confidants. Um, oh, I messed something up. But we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. We're okay. rolling with it. What, what was it? I, 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 Augur, uh, Anka the Augur is one of my bishops, not one of my knights. Oh, that's but, okay. Uh, that's everything okay. was, everything was too beautiful. I'm not, yeah, we're not I'm not going back to change that. Are you no. kidding me? That was perfect. No, that, perfect. that, that, that kicked, that kicked so much ass. We're yeah, going with yeah. it. Um, do you want to switch out the pieces on the board so we don't get confused later? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll do that. Vale, my fellow apprentice, it's rare to apprentice two people as, well, let me, let me take that back. Many people, many children are apprenticed to a particular trade, but it's rare that two of them ascend in skill such that they are both an obvious choice to directly claim inheritance to that tradesperson's uh, role in the village. There are, there are multiple weavers, but there's one weaver, right? We can't trust the other weavers necessarily to have the skill to create as much cloth with as much function and beauty to clothe the entire village the way that the old weaver did. Vale has now suffered two burdens. The first is that because I married, while I am her co-apprentice, I have my own ties that are that are now enlargening my life, that that do take me away from the weaver's home. And we didn't know until he left, but Vale and Len were courting each other. And when it's clear that Len is not going to come back, Vale stops eating. Oh, no. She stops taking care of herself. The weaver's house is low and large, and there's light that flows through every room it sometimes feels like it holds on to the light even after it's fading outside there's a a sense of magic in there even though the work is more or less mundane and Vale looks the part of a weaver she's beautiful and her hands have a grace that mine have never had at our trade and so she will just wander from room to room her hair has started to fall out and it mixes with the loose threads on the floor and where the loom used to, this enormous standing loom used to always be moving under her hands or the weaver's hands, always threaded through with a living landscape of color as they would both draw up the cloth that kept our whole village warm and beautiful. Everything has gone still except for Vale. And one day she falls and doesn't get up again. And now it's just me. Wow. Underneath the wood, there are caverns and there are, there are dens and there are caverns and there are spiders and there are webs and the intricate patterns that they weave are more vivid and intricate than ever before. And they are, they are rich and they tell stories and they they capture their prey in the way that they are that they are meant to and 
they are the spiders grow even larger and massive and <laughs> like the, the 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 ground under their under under our feet has been is, is theirs and it is their terrain and they 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 hold it they hold it proud and they hold it firm that's so good i love spiders oh, i love spiders too i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um I also want to do a quick time check. It's 525, so it's approaching. I think we're like 10 minutes to the end of the we, time. We have, uh, we have six minutes and 30 oh seconds gosh. left. Okay. All right. It is your turn. <sighs> oh, and I can't take your knight because the king has been locked. That is correct. Um, I'm going to take this bishop. Okay. Uh, so that is my other bishop, and so that is my other advisor, and that is Ava the Druid. Um, Ava, uh, she is the, the tender of the garden. If you were defeated, um, oh, there is a, there is a fire. Uh, there is a fire that rampages through the wood. Um, it is actually the same fire that claimed the field that Anka was in at the same time as this is happening. Ava, uh, stood and watched it, and I stood and watched Ava burn, and she looked to me and she said, it is exactly what Anka promised us. And that was in that moment, I rushed to, to Anka's aid to, to warn that the prophecy was happening and I was too slow. And it was, it was witnessing both of these deaths at mo and one moment, one than the other in rapid succession that signaled, signaled the true end. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, there is a seasonal fire that happens. Not, in the village, but around the village, in the grasslands and even parts of the forest. But we're aware that that's actually one of the harbingers of late summer, that we have to make sure it doesn't get out of control. But without that fire, many of the seeds that we need for grain and food and even just beauty won't germinate. They won't take to the soil because the fire clears out gorse and broom and plants that have their place but if left unchecked would choke out the possibility of other life and this fire goes very smoothly it feels good to see the flowers blooming the next spring to know that we have kept things in check as we needed to in that one way incredible absolutely absolutely incredible uh I shouldn't be smiling ear to ear, but I'm smiling ear to ear. Um, <laughs> this is beautiful. This game is so beautiful. Oh, I'm loving every minute I'm of this. I'm so glad. Uh, oh, this this absolutely rips. Uh, <laughs> and so I am going to take your rook. I like that you said that as the preamble to taking one of my pieces. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I'm having this beautiful experience. Now fucking burn. <laughs> God. All right. My rooks are my guardians. I have to choose between my father or grandfather. I'm going to, I feel like because I've already spoken of him, I'm going to choose my grandfather. You know, unlike the tavern keeper or Len or even Vale, there's nothing untoward about my grandfather's death. It's just time. But it feels so much worse because of what else has happened in the village this year. And... <laughs> Not even the day, the minute that Kai and I joined the village in celebration of our wedding after the union ceremony was over, my grandfather was already joking about us having children and getting to dandle some fat 
loud baby on his knee. And that's all I can think about when, as we do for our elders that have reached a certain status in the village, instead of burying them, we cremate them. And as the pyre consumes my grandfather's body, all I can think about is that I don't want to have children if he's not going to be able to tell them his stories. And I start thinking about how to tell Kai that I don't think that I want to start a family in that way. The eldest parts of the wood are teeming with life. Where where the you'd think that the fire would have reached the the parts where the wood is old and almost petrified at points, but that has actually made it sturdier, and it it, it has become a sort of new birthplace of life in the wood itself. It has become things that were fleeing the fire fled to this old section of the wood. And so for the first time in generations, this place is teeming and alive and rich. And there are, there are, there are scores of young crawling around and they, and it is, it is the only word for it is teeming. It is teeming with life at every, at every step of the way. I want to see it, even though I know it comes at a cost. I want to see it. <laughs> God, I am taking your knight. Okay, one of my champions. Uh, and we have 30 seconds oh. left, so this will be the last move of All the right. game. Okay, so you have taken my knight. Uh, so I am going to choose between my... I'm going to choose between... I've, it's got to be the captain of the guard. It's got to be the captain of the guard. Yeah. Uh, Urga, he stands tall and when when the onslaught happens when the invasion occurs when when the battle begins and the hunters and the and the and the knights and the and the weapons are drawn urga's forces stand strong but urga pushes them too hard and believes too firmly i mean we and what is tragic is that this is my fault i instilled this in him and said this was a battle that was going to have to happen so when it happens, he believes that it is the only thing, and he pushes his own forces too hard, and they ultimately turn on him, and we lose an army, and we lose the captain of our guard separately. And it is heartbreaking to know that if I had, if I had built differently, if I had instilled understanding and not pushed urgency and doomsaying and apocalyptic imagery into this soldier he would be here and instead he has fallen by not even he has fallen by his own ally's hand and he is why he has fallen alone and isolated and betrayed and that blood is on none of their hands it is on my hands and the site where he the site where he lies Nothing grows there again. It is simply a patch of old mud. The midwife's garden is full of herbs, and some of them stink, especially in the fall as the seed pods open, and there's just a cacophony of different scents. But she always knows what to grow to bring life into the world, and she always knows what to grow to staunch bleeding when there's too much, to make the milk flow when a mother, when a mother's body just isn't responding to the natural rhythms of her motherhood. And when I have my first child, 
I spend a lot of time in her garden. It's been a bad year for weaving because the burden of my responsibility has been too much. But the other apprentices, the younger apprentices, have pulled together and essentially made up for the need that there was. And instead of seeing that for bounty initially, I felt guilt. But spending time with a midwife close at hand because my first birth was a difficult one, I start to understand that everything is in a cycle. That maybe the rhythms of the village are changing. That maybe the way that we hand down responsibility through these apprenticeships and through these traditions is shifting the way that the land around us is shifting. And Kai and I and our first child are a testament to how even the things that I thought were unmovable are always, there is always the possibility for something to change its mind. And I think now we're going to tally up our pieces. Yes, indeed. All right. So I have one. Oh, all the pieces are equal. I know that some chess games, it's like every piece has a limit. Yeah. It's, it's just one for one. So one, two, three, four, five, six, so seven, eight, nine. I have nine pieces left on the board. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pieces left really? on the board. Wait. Oh my gosh. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my God. It's a draw. I was not expecting that. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> um, draw condition. Oh, man. No, you've got 10 pieces on the board. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. All right. All right. I was looking. I was like, you have more pieces off the board. Oh, my than God. That. I was like, wait. Okay. Yeah, because I was counting the pieces that were taken. I'm like, how is that possible? Okay. So for those curious, a draw condition is that it triggers um, the oldest game, which is a challenge of storytelling. Which, however, because I have one piece more on the board, it is now my choice as the winning player to determine what has happened what has happened in the village is set. What has happened mm-hmm. in the Snow Queen's realm could just be a dream. If I decide to be merciful, if I decide to be merciless, it is an exact mirror. And the mirror between our worlds is cracking, setting the, the winter realm's fate as surely as mine in the village has been set. And I, I am going to choose to be merciful. Which means, Jeff, mm. you get to narrate a very short scene of the Snow Queen waking with these visions in her head and describe the thing you need to set into motion to ensure that they will not come to pass. So I awaken I awaken immediately with all of these visions in my head, and the the first thing I see is uh i see uh i see alva uh i'm greeted by alva and i say someone is going to tumble through the mirror today they are going to take something if we are not careful they will take the heart of the wood and they will sell it and they will destroy and in fighting to get it back it will destroy everything that we hold dear go to the keymaster and place this in its stead and it is a perfect replica, but instead of being that sort of that that deep black wood, it is merely painted. It is merely 
It is merely, it is a fabrication, a finely made one, but if you were to scratch the paint off, you would see that it was not really what is in that space. And I say, go and deliver this and, and hide the heart of the, hide the heart of the wood, for he is going to come momentarily. He is going to take this, he is going to leave, he is not going to look back, and he is going to sell this. And he will sell a perfectly finely made wooden artifact, and he will make an honest day's an honest day's wages from it, and he will use that to buy a ring. And that will be the last that we see of him, that will be the last that I see of him. And I will say goodbye to the man that I loved. And I will allow him to depart. And our truce between our worlds will stay in place. And that's the end of the game. And that's game. Holy crap! We did we it! crushed it. That was amazing. That was so fun. That kicked ass. That was absolutely incredible. Oh my gosh. I'm oh, uh, I have to say this is the, you know, because this is playtest stage, I'm just like, fuck it worked. Thank fucking God. I can't believe that that was I mean, I can't believe that was as cool as it was. That was incredible. Oh yeah, I I'm just so glad. I'm just so glad it works. <laughs> I, like we had this amazing storytelling experience and I just can't shake this very like bare bones relief of like, you didn't fuck it up completely. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> I, I've, I've made enough games now that I know that exact feeling and it's a very good one. Uh, Gian, thank you so much for coming on party of one. This was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad this got to be our first game together. Yeah, this was sick. This was incredible. Um, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work, and uh, the Snow Queen online? For me and my work in general, the best place to see all of the, I call them my my little experiments, the games that don't quite make it to a crowdfunding campaign or my itch.io page, but are still really fun and cool, Are is my Patreon. It's patreon.com and then my name, Gian Shim. Anything that isn't a playtest draft or a small experimental game is accessible at every tier complete finished polished drafts of games like for example a field guide to memory which i co-designed with my collaborator shingen core or the shape of shadows which i kick-started last year those are available at five dollars and up but everything else is a dollar a month and up you can get almost everything that i offer there and access to the dirt goblin community center which is what i call our discord server which is it's just chill vibes it's very nice and it's just good chill yeah, vibes yeah um and for the snow queen which is crowdfunding very soon if not right now as you're listening platform that it is on is as of recording this yet to be determined but you can still find it by i believe going to my itch.io page will have a link directly to the crowdfunding campaign so my general itch.io page is gianshim.itch.io, and that will have a big announcement at the top underneath like my notables and everything saying the Snow Queen is crowdfunding here. It will either be a link to its own itch.io page or something a little bit more customized. And I think that those are the two best places to, to get to me. Love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was incredible. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Gian for coming on to the show. That game was, what can I even say? It was breathtaking. It was, a, uh, you heard it. It was amazing. I, I, that's, I'm just going to keep stuttering and stumbling unless I move forward. So just suffice it to say, I was moved by this game. 
Be sure to head to the show notes and check out the crowdfunding campaign for the Snow Queen. Sign up for the email list. Uh, once the campaign goes live, we'll update the show notes with a link to the campaign uh, so you can back the crowdfund and help make the game a reality. This game rips and I want to see it in the world. Point blank. And also be sure to follow Gian on Twitter at Gian Shim. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a Podchaser review, a Podcast Addict review. I don't know. There's a lot of places you can leave reviews. Spotify has reviews now. Go and leave the reviews somewhere and I'll see them and it'll make me happy. You can also join our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord or head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. There is a tea public sale from February 9th to the 12th. You can get a $13 Party of One logo t-shirt or a t-shirt that tells the world that Champ and Crowbar love each other because Champ and Crowbar love each other very much. And lastly, you can support the show financially by going to patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Uh, or you can listen to the other podcast I produce every week uh, on My Fantasy Children, which is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by listener prompts. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. The show is part of the OneShot Podcast Network. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rain featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming on to the show as a guest, or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. The Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. And, honestly, I'm pretty sure that's all we do here, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on, everybody.